Hello and welcome to another episode of the YXC Sports Podcast for the week of November the 8th. Of course, we are live at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bars. We are every single Monday, so thanks to everybody that's tuning in on the Wendell Clark's Facebook page. Thanks to everybody that's tuning in on the YXC Sports Podcast Facebook page. We're on YouTube and we are on Twitter now as well. So big thanks. And a big thanks to everybody that is listening to the audio version of the YXC Sports Podcast as well. I am Matt Morrison. Thanks for tagging along. And I do have a special guest with me today as well, sitting to my left, happy to be joined by Global Sports, Ryan Flaherty. And, uh, I know that you're on a, a time crunch, Ryan, so I appreciate you taking some time uh, for us today. Sports are back. How uh, how are things? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate the invite. I know uh, we're trying to make this happen for a couple of weeks, so glad I could uh, slide over here and yep. uh, take some time with you. But yeah, it's it's fun again, you know, yeah. like... My job is covering sports, and for a long time, I didn't have any sports to cover. So <laughs> it was a bit of an identity crisis, I think, for a while yeah. there. So uh, it's great to see, you know, everything kind of back in full bloom now again. And, and, and this is always a fun time of year, yeah. you know, pandemic or no pandemic. But to see, you know, different teams going into playoffs, other teams are just getting going you know, rush season's just around the corner. It's a, it's a really fun time yeah. here in Saskatoon. Yeah, in fact, rush training camp started uh, this past weekend. We will talk about that, but uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you're from, kind of how long have you been with Global Saskatoon, and what made you get into this crazy business? Yeah, crazy is right. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of have to be to, to do it. Yeah, right? I guess you're so, not, right? not here to get rich, that's for <laughs> sure. But uh, no, I'm born and raised right here in, in Saskatoon, uh, and, uh, you know, I... I did a few different things uh, after high school. I didn't really, university wasn't really the thing for me. So I worked for a while. I was in the uh, the Navy Reserves for a long time. I was a full-time uh, member. I worked uh, for the Canadian Armed Forces for a number, number of years. Then I eventually decided to go back to school, took broadcasting, uh, started out in Medicine Hat doing news, switched over to sports, and uh, came home to Saskatoon. I was fortunate enough to get a, uh, an offer from Global uh, kind of out of the blue, uh, about six and a half years ago. So I just got an email one day said, Hey, you uh, ever thought of coming home to work? And I said, <laughs> I, I always told people if someone offered me a job, uh, yeah, I'd probably yeah, think about yeah. it. So, so that's what happened. Yeah. So I've been there ever since. It's awesome. a lot of fun. So you've been here and you've been doing a fantastic job. Like you said, it's, uh, you know, the rush season is getting underway. Face off weekend is, well, right around a month away. They open up the season in Halifax. Training camp started this past weekend. You're somebody that obviously, as, your uh, job description at Global Entails is you follow the rush quite closely. Training camp started this weekend. Obviously, there was no season last year. So there's been a lot of changes since their season came to an end in 2020 compared to now on the floor, but also behind the bench as well. Uh, what are some of the changes that uh, that the rush are faced with here, obviously behind the bench and, and on the floor? Yeah, you know, it's... We talk. I feel like a broken record these last few weeks because every time I'm reading a, a, a script on the air about another team that's starting back up, it's it's been so long since. <laughs> but this, the rush. I mean, they faced a longer layoff than almost anyone yep. because just like everyone else, they got shut down in March of last year. But you know, they had an entire season wiped out as yep. well, and now they've had to wait until all the way until. December, now, really, yeah. when the season finally gets going. By the time they play their first game, it will have been almost 21 months. So, yeah, change was bound to happen. Uh, two full off-seasons, essentially. Had two yeah. drafts. We had an expansion draft. And that also impacted their roster. So, yeah, you mentioned behind the bench, new head coach, Jeff McComb. Not new to the Rush, not new to Rush fans. He's been an assistant for a number of years as uh, 
their offensive coordinator, but uh, now he's taking on the reins as the main bench boss. And Derek Keenan, who of course has been the head coach for many years, stepping back to just uh, remain as the general manager, which he's worn both hats for yep. a long time. So now he's just focused on the GM job. Jeff McCombs taking over uh, behind the bench. They've brought uh, Jimmy Quinlan back into the fold on the coaching staff. Jeremy Talevis is back as well. And then on the floor, in terms of players, the core group mainly still intact, but no more Jeremy Thompson, yep. no more Ben McIntosh, no more uh, Matt Hosick, uh, and some new faces. Uh, Josh Courier, who was acquired in that Ben McIntosh trade. Uh, Dan Lintner, they picked him up. And a big free agent signing in Matt Beers, who I think fans are going to come to fall in love with very quickly. Especially in Saskatchewan. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the name says it all, but yeah. also just the style of play. He's a very gritty defender with a bit of a mean streak, something that the rush maybe haven't had before. Um, so I think he's going to be a popular addition too. So lots to get excited about. And then of course there's all their draft picks and prospects that are joining the fold as well. 31 players in camp this year. That's the most they've ever had, but uh, it allowed them to do some different things. They can play more with more tempo in camp because guys are getting some rest on the rotation. So it'll be fun to see how this team comes together, get together, excuse me, over the next couple of weeks. Well, and I remember back to that 2020 season, you know, the entire league ended up getting shut down, but the rush had actually lost before the cancellation, right? They lost in that playoff series to the Mammoth, which I don't think they were expecting to, right? So everybody's season kind of abruptly ended, but I think for the rush more so than, than other teams, obviously, because their season did get shut, you know, or, or they lost before the shutdown. Uh, the other thing um, that we should mention is Evan Kirk is no longer part of the rush either, right? So uh, it sounds like Adam Shute is going to be taking over the reins as the number one goalie in Rush Nation. That in itself is is a bit, bit of a storyline, I would imagine, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And good good, good catch by you. Yeah, I forgot to mention the change in goal. That's a, that's a massive one. Uh, you know, Adam Shute, this is going to be his first real opportunity as the number one guy um like the guy he did start a few games back in uh, 2018 when evan kirk was sidelined with an injury shoot started five uh games in a row he went four and one in those starts and he's had a spot starter two in his time with the rush but he comes into camp as the guy you yeah. know they have cameron dunkerley who is a, a guy they drafted a few years back who Derek keenan is high on but he hasn't seen any action in the NLL at all. So he's competing for the backup job, realistically. It's Shoot's job to lose. And, you know, the Rush, they have utmost confidence in him. Uh, he's shown in his limited action that that he can handle that role. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see now, full-time, yeah. how he handles that. Wendell Clark's uh, Classic Grill and Bar says, we're going to need a nickname for Adam Shoot now, right? That's the thing with the Rush yeah. and the goalies, whether it's Aaron Bold or Evan Kirk. We'll have to uh, work on a nickname for for Adam Shute. Yeah. Where, where do you see the kind of the state of the NLL as a as a league? Right, my opinion. I think they're only getting stronger with expansion and, and some other things uh, that have been going on. And you know, obviously, you look to some other leagues who had a little bit of a tougher time throughout COVID. Um, you know, not playing last year and stuff like that. But I feel like the NLL kind of capitalized on maybe not playing because it allowed them to look at some things and and how they do business, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I think they kind of ended up coming out stronger on the other end. Absolutely. I think this is possibly the healthiest and the strongest that the league has been in a long time, if not ever. ever. Uh, maybe not ever, but certainly one of the strongest they've been, which is strange to say coming out of a pandemic, but you're right. They've been very busy despite 
uh, not playing any games for the last year and a half plus. Uh, you mentioned expansion. Well, there's a new team yeah. this season in the Panther City Lacrosse Club down in Fort Worth, Texas. They're starting play this season. And then, of course, Las Vegas is entering the yep. fold next season with uh, the star power behind that uh, team with Wayne Gretzky, yep. Steve Nash, Dustin Johnson, part of the ownership group. Uh, they've obviously they just signed two big new TV deals. I uh, <clears throat> I can't name the network uh, <laughs> that they're with, but uh, very exciting for them, both nationally broadcast, both in Canada and in the States. And every single game will be able to be viewed online through those two right. uh, those outlets through their streaming platforms plus a weekly game of the week broadcast nationally in Canada. I know four of the Rush home games are going to be on national television this season. So yeah, awesome stuff for for them. And you know, Derek Keenan was joking this weekend that, you know, it's great for the league. It's it's tough on GMs because of the expansion, <laughs> you lose guys and things like that, but it's great for the players too because actually the players just opted out of their collective bargaining agreement and before anyone panics about that, it doesn't mean there's going to be any labor disruption this season, but that gives them a head start negotiating a new deal. They would have had one more year after this one, but with all the expansion and now new TV revenues coming in, the players right. are looking for a piece of that pie as well. So it looks like uh, you know all systems go right now for the NLL, and it's, it's really exciting to see them back. Lee uh, is watching on Facebook, and uh, he wants to know what happened to Evan Kirk. It was a free agent signing, I believe, with New England. Yes. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. He, he so. signed, he signed, actually, it's Rochester. Rochester, Rochester right. yeah. Um, Evan Kirk, uh, he's in the midst of becoming a police officer. You right. know a lot of these lacrosse players, these NLL players, you talk about a piece of the pie. They're hopefully yeah. down the road this won't be necessary, but the vast majority of them have to work yeah. during the week in order to uh, to really make a full living. And uh, Evan Kirk's uh, in the process of becoming an Ontario provincial police officer. The travel was just going to be too difficult for him to make his way out here for all the home games. So they facilitated a, a you know a move for him to sign with Rochester closer to home. He can yeah. still play. He can make that commute. And uh, you know because the rush had shoot on the roster, they felt like they didn't really have to you know keep Kirk in the fold. Yeah, they could, they could make they could allow him to sign that deal and, and move on. Of course, we are live at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bars. We are every single Monday. And, of course, we're talking about ball lacrosse, but we're going to talk about some football, too. And it's the NFL season. Thursdays, Sundays, Mondays, come on down to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar in Saskatoon. Super Bowl squares as well. You can fill out your Super Bowl squares and a chance to win some dollars and also doing your part to fundraise some money for charities as well. So make sure you come on down to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar on the corner of Circle and Idlewild in Saskatoon. Uh, another team that is a tenant of the Saskatel Center is the Saskatoon Blades, obviously. Uh, cooled down a little bit this weekend, but they got off to a pretty hot start. They uh, got swept uh, this weekend by their arch rival, the Prince Albert Raiders. So those losses always sting a little bit more. But uh, what have you seen so far this year from this team? You know, it's a it's a fun bunch. They, they got a really good group of players who all seem to uh, have the buy-in with the new head coach, Brennan Sonny, who... You know, following suit from his predecessor, Mitch Love, another former Everett Silvertips assistant coach. So he kind of has that same defensive pedigree. But this team, they want to push the pace even more than maybe the last couple of years. They really want to take it to their opponents. They have the speed to do it. They're not the biggest team, yep. but they are very fast. They got a lot of great skaters on the team. And although there's a couple of players that maybe dominate the headlines when it comes to their offense, they have a serious depth of skill on that on that team their blue line is very strong and when you have a, an overager like nolan meyer uh in goal you're you're well solidified on that end of course he's chasing the all-time wins record in the whl 
Um, yeah, took a bit of a, a hit, a bit of a snag on the weekend against yeah. PA, and then uh, you mentioned it stings. You lose to your arch rivals. They got outscored ten uh, three in those two games, yeah. and that's their first back to back losses this season. So now at nine four and one, they're still in pretty good spot, second in their division, and uh, big game against the Edmonton Oil Kings who are coming to town this week, and then a big trip out to Manitoba for three games and three nights this weekend, including two against the Winnipeg Ice, who look like almost unstoppable. Well, what was it? They, yeah, they started, the Winnipeg guys started the year, what was it, 10-0 and 0 or something like that? And Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and that was a, a question that a lot of Blades fans had. Obviously, the departure of Mitch Love, albeit for a very good reason, because he took a, a well-deserved opportunity um, with the Stockton Heats of the American Hockey League, as Wendell Clark says that it is a rough weekend for the Blades, or was a rough weekend for our Blades, and yes, it was. But, you know, a lot of people didn't really know who Brennan Sonny was, but I think he's he also was the assistant coach in Everett, much like Mitch Love was, right, when he got hired. So maybe it's something the Silvertips are doing. I don't know. But, uh, you know, what have you kind of seen from from Brennan Sawney so far in his first year as, as a coach with this group getting them to buy in? Yeah, you know, it's it's there is a lot of similarities between him and Mitch Love, but there's a lot of differences as well. I mean, they're two, two different people, yeah. obviously. Um, and the thing that really sticks out to me about Brennan Sawney is that he is, and I mean, this is true of a lot of coaches, but he really harps on his players to not get complacent and not get too full of themselves. You know, they have this great start, but more often than not, when you talk to him, even after a win, he's talking about, well, you know, we turned the puck over this many times or yeah. our breakouts weren't great or this or that. Even to the point that I believe uh, there was a game, I don't know if it was last weekend or the weekend before, he said, I'm honestly not trying to be a downer here. Like, I just, <laughs> you know, you want to make sure that guys are on top of things. But his biggest thing is about passion. And yeah. he uses the word passion a lot. He wants to see that team playing with purpose, with passion, all the way through every game. The old 60-minute cliche. Um, but he really, really puts a lot of emphasis on that, more so than than coaches that I've that I've dealt with in the past. And that, that really playing with that love for the game. And if you play that way, you know, he's, he believes that, those good habits will follow and you'll, you'll be able to execute. So, you know, a lot of people had that team pegged as maybe third or fourth in the division coming into the season, maybe, maybe top two, if they really pushed it, but I think they've opened some people's eyes here early in the season. Now it's going to be a question as their schedule gets a little tougher, if they can keep on going with, what they've been able to do for the majority of the first month and a bit. Uh, you were on one of the many hats that you wear is also being on campus as a reporter, not as a student. We'll clarify <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm in the same boat too, but uh, you do spend a lot of time on campus. Uh, you were doing the basketball um, this past weekend. The ladies got their 2020 uh, championship rings. Uh, what was it like being back in the pack in that atmosphere to, to see that ring ceremony and that banner raising this past weekend? <laughs> You know, it was really, really neat. Like, it's it's funny when you think back. Like, that women's basketball team for the Huskies—they won that se- their second national championship literally the weekend before everything s- shut down. Yeah. The next weekend was the University Cup for hockey, right? Yeah, and yeah. the Huskies men were out there. Yeah, they had played their quarterfinal game, and then the tournament got shut down. Yeah. So. It was a matter of days. They might have not even won that championship <laughs> had things been shut down yep. just a few days earlier. So, you know, I know talking to the women's team, they're, they feel so fortunate that they were able to finish that off because yep. they had such a special group. And to see them kind of come back together after more than a year and a half and finally get a chance to, you know, get those championship rings to hang a couple new banners inside the pack. It was a really cool ceremony. And he had 
alumni from a whole bunch of different eras of Huskies women's basketball, all there to individually present each member of the championship team with their ring. Uh, that was a really nice touch, and uh, it got to look at the rings. And even compared to the 2016 rings, <laughs> these are so much blingier, if I can use that <laughs> yeah. word. There if that is, is a, a word. There are a lot of sparkly <laughs> things on those rings. They look real nice. Uh, obviously, football, the uh, Huskies finished first in the Canada West for football, so they're hosting uh, the Hardy Cup semifinals next week. Uh, they got a big win over Calgary this past weekend. That's going to be interesting to see if they can go on a playoff run. And then, obviously, the big story on uh, on campus is uh, men's hockey, right? Mike Babcock, I'm not sure if you've uh, had a chance to, to cover that at all, but um, if you have, you know, what have you kind of seen uh, in terms of the buzz around that? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. This Canada West Conference for men's hockey, and I think it's true of a lot of the sports, the U sports this fall, this season in particular, is it's hard to kind of handicap where teams are at because there's been a lot of turnover in a lot of programs. Yeah. You know, some there are a few exceptions, but in a lot of cases, there are players who may have otherwise had one more year left, but they finished their schooling last year, so they moved on. Or yeah. so there are a lot, so there are a lot of new faces on these teams, and that's true of the men's hockey team as well. So I think they're still trying to figure out kind of where they stand, but they've had a nice start yep. this year so far. And, you know, the one thing I've noticed, uh, I've been at a couple of practices this season, is I don't think I've ever seen a head coach more directly involved with every element of the practice during practice. And right. Every co head coach is obviously, it's their their plan that they're executing but you might see a little bit more deferral to assistant coaches to run this drill or yeah, that drill yeah. or whatever the case may be. And I go to practice there. Mike Babcock is skating almost as much as the players are. He is yeah. gesticulating. He is <laughs> communicating. He is, it's all business all the time. And uh, you know, that, that forces the players to really be minding, you know, yeah. their P's and Q's and on, on task. But um, I think he's also kind of learning how different U sports hockey is now than, when he coached the University right. of Lethbridge yeah, back yeah. in the early 90s, it's much more about the student athlete now, yes. right? And and so he he's acknowledged that. And But these players, when they're at the rink, they're in full hockey mode, yeah. and, and they seem to be buying whatever he's selling. You are on uh, a time crunch, so we will get you out of here uh, super quick. Um, some of your career highlights, uh, what you know, kind of sticks out to you in terms of some of the events that you've got to, to cover and, and maybe some of the people... Uh, that you've got to meet along this journey? You know what? It's, it's, it sounds cliche, but it's almost all a highlight reel. Like it's, I'm not someone that necessarily grew up dreaming of working in sports media. Like some people do. Um, but to get a chance to, you know, hear people's stories and find out what makes them tick and, and how they got to where they are. That's really fun. But in terms of some of the events and things, I mean, you know, being in Saskatoon covering, consecutive PFC or and Canadian bowl championships for the Saskatoon Hilltops. That's so much fun watching, you know, even though it wasn't here in Saskatoon, watching the Huskies, you know, lift the Hardy cup and the 10 year drought a couple yeah. of years back. That was pretty great. Um, just, but seeing the rush come to town, you know, I took this job at global that fall, basically when they were gearing up for their first season in Saskatoon. So I've got to cover them from basically day one right. here in, in Saskatchewan and watching them, come together and then being in the building for that first championship and on the floor 
with those players while they were celebrating. I, I mean, that's pretty hard to top something like that. Yeah. yeah. We do have one more question before we let you go. And this one comes courtesy of everybody's uh, best friend, Ray Morrison. <laughs> he wants to know who your favorite sportscaster growing up was in Saskatoon. And then he is also quick to point out <laughs> that there's only one right answer. Uh, so w answer Ray. carefully. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, how could I not go with Ray? Come on. I was just listening to the two of you on the yeah, football yeah. game just this past weekend. It was a treat. An absolute treat. Yeah, no. Fantastic. Shout out to Ray. Uh, great, great person. Uh, I'm not just saying that because you're yeah, related yeah. and he's asking the question. But, um, you know, you know, but it, it is a really cool market to work in sports because Saskatchewan, unlike a lot of other markets, you see the cuts that are happening in yep. media everywhere. But the thing that separates us from a lot of those other markets is that a lot of the teams that are important to fans here don't get national coverage you know mm-hmm. we take out the riders and that's pretty much it so it still matters the local sports still matter whether it's on tv or in the newspaper or on the radio you don't necessarily see that in some of these other markets yeah. across the country so it's it's a real privilege to be able to still do that when you see co- colleagues that have lost their jobs in other parts of the country yep. uh, but also because of the collegiality of the other media members yeah. like Ray and, yeah. and other guys yeah. like that, like there's no, it doesn't feel competitive. We're not trying to elbow each other aside for scoops and that yeah. sort of thing. We know we're all kind of in this together yeah. and uh, it's a great, it's a great bunch of people to be kind of be a part of. So I feel very lucky to be just one piece of that. Puzzle. Well, that was like two weeks ago, right at, uh, at Griffiths for when the Huskies were taking on the Rams, we were all in the, the media row or whatever you want to call it at Griffiths. Yeah. And we were all just talking and having a grand old time. And that's just, just how it is in Saskatoon. Yeah. Monty wants to know what time the Husky football game is on Saturday. I believe it's a two o'clock game on Saturday against the UBC. One o'clock. I, th- I think it's one o'clock because it's a double header of semifinals. I think the second okay. one goes at four. Don't quote me on we'll that. Have to confer- we'll have to confirm that. I believe it's so. one o'clock, which would be nice for our weekend guy. A little <laughs> extra dead lo- time before deadline. I guess the uh, I, I guess to answer your question, Monty, is don't listen to us because we really <laughs> we really don't know. So uh, decision. Yeah. But Ryan, thanks so much for joining us and. Uh, much appreciated so uh, like i said thanks so much this has been another episode of the yxe sports podcast and a big thanks to you for tuning in and we will do the same thing next week so until then stay safe